0: Hey, everybody, this is Kelly Jackson with the Tennessee Conservative. Tonight, I have the immense pleasure to be sitting down with David Veal. That's correct, right? David Veal? That is correct, yes. Who is one of the two candidates running for the Circuit Court judge uh, for the 21st Judicial District. Thank you so much, David, for sitting down with me on such short notice this Sure, evening. glad to be here. Um, I wanted to meet with you before the candidate forum, which in and of itself has garnered some attention for lots of different reasons <laughs> other than just the election, but we'll get to that. First, why don't you tell me a bit about your background, why you feel you will serve Williamson County more effectively possibly than your opponent, um, who was appointed by Governor Lee when Judge Binkley did retire.
1: Sure, uh, and thank you, uh, Kelly, for giving me the opportunity to uh, to just tell people about myself. Um, so the short version, uh, I was born in Nashville, my mom was a school teacher, my dad was a mailman, so I grew up in public service. Um, I met my wife when I was 13 and she was 12. We met in junior high school youth group at church, and we've been married 27 years and have three incredible kids. Uh, But in terms of experience, uh, before I went to law school, I was a police officer in Nashville uh, for seven years. I served as a patrol officer, as the law instructor at the police academy, and then as a patrol sergeant. Um, Once I obtained my law degree, I began practicing law, and I've now been a trial attorney for almost 20 years. Um, and during that time, I represented more than a thousand clients wow. in every kind of case that will come in front of this court, uh, civil, criminal, divorce, custody, uh, complex business litigation, everything that will come in front of this court I've handled as an attorney. And most importantly, I've handled jury trials. And so when a, when a person says trial, that could be a 10 minute hearing in front of a judge. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. may or may not be witnesses. It may be just a legal argument. But when we're talking about jury trials, that's a completely different situation. Uh, That is, in my view, the apex of the justice system, where when all else fails, at the end of the day, uh, if you can't resolve the situation, you can put 12 people in the jury box uh, through a very complex set of processes and procedures, uh, and then ultimately they can make the uh, factual determinations. But it takes a lot of work, and it is a very complex process uh, in terms of jury selection, And then as the, during, during the jury trial, the rules of evidence and rules of procedure. Um, And so it's important to me as a trial attorney to ensure that the trial judge has experience with jury trials. And in this race, I am the only candidate that has ever tried a jury trial as an attorney. And I've tried several of them. Uh, The most recent was a week long jury trial uh, this past August. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I believe based on uh, not just the, the breadth of the experience of all the different cases that I've handled and the number, but specifically the jury trial experience. This is a jury trial court. This is the trial court. So if there is a jury trial, it is at this level uh, in Williamson County. And I believe we owe it to the litigants and to the people uh, to make sure that whoever's on the bench, uh, when if a murder trial comes on the day after the election takes effect, both the family of the victim and the defendant are entitled to have someone on the bench that can get it right.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, as we had earlier previously discussed, I, I have my 1L under my belt. And I remember mm-hmm. on the first day of criminal law class, my professor said, just so you all know, nobody likes to go to court. <laughs> so exactly, it's, it's this, uh, and I saw a lot of that when I worked for the state as well, where you saw a lot of deal making happening just so that they could avoid that entire process. But as a judge, it's imperative that you understand the inner workings and the anatomy of, of a trial. So I think that's, that's really great. Um, so what do you feel are the primary issues that you can address from your bench, you know, your potential bench? Um, how important do you feel, you know, do you, we just discuss the trial experience in um, how important is that aspect of your background um, to that you have in achieving those objectives?
1: Sure, I think it's critical. I mean, at the end of the day, the judge's job is to ensure that justice is done under the law, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's imperative to have a judge that has that kind of experience, but also that mindset, that attitude, where um, a judge should take the law that's handed down by the legislature, mm-hmm. breathe life into it, apply it to a situation. Regardless of that judge's personal experiences or or preferences or wishes, um, at the end of the day, the law is the law and it should be applied. And when a judge's personal uh, opinion of the law enters into it, uh, we run the risk of it becoming an activist judge situation, trying to legislate from the bench, which in my mind is one of the worst things that can happen uh, on the bench. Uh, If I wanted to make law or change law, I would run for the legislature. (laughs) That's not my calling. I think my calling is to be on the bench. Every time I've been in court, both as an officer, as a witness, and then as an attorney, I always look for a takeaway. Um, I've appeared in front of more than 150 judges in more than 30 counties. Um, And every time I go to court, I try to take something away, something I see the judge do that I I think is great and I would want to emulate or something that the judge has done that I think maybe could be improved upon, either how they run the particular docket or how they treat individuals in the courtroom. But I've always looked for a takeaway every time I'm in court. And I think the culmination of that, um, when I'm on the bench, uh, if the people uh, give me that honor, um, I'll be able to take that experience and take the best of what I've seen and try to do the best job that can be done.
0: That sounds sounds perfect. I know that I was gonna delve into that issue a little bit about the judicial activism from the bench because we have seen so much of it in the last, especially the last handful of years, um, in the COVID years, um, with the predecessor who was in this at in this bench seat. Um, I know that there are some grassroots groups that felt as though some of the um the cases that were before the court that possibly they didn't even get into the merits of the case. They were dismissed based on like technic for technical reasons, standing, what have you. Um, they felt politically motivated, at least to some. And so I know that it's super important that we have somebody who can uh, stand up to that political scrutiny, because I do believe it, it'll come, you know, for somebody sitting in that in that position. Um, so I guess that would be kind of my next question is if there were political pressure how would you handle something like that or how how do you what is your position on how judges in general let's just say judges in general should handle a situation like that where they're perhaps getting some political pressure to handle cases in a certain way that's not necessarily illegal obviously but you know maybe it just sort of as we know, we can look at a case and there are a lot of different ways that they can be dismissed. Um, how would you handle, how do you think a judge should manage that sort of pressure?
1: Sure. And, and thank you for the question. I'll start off by saying I am not a politician. Um, <laughs> I've never wanted to be a politician. I've never run for public office before. Um, I don't want to be a politician. I want to be a judge. And so uh, my, my general philosophy is um, politics have no place in the courtroom um and truthfully if you can tell a judge's politics by the way they rule they're probably doing it wrong and so my philosophy is that the judiciary is intended to be and is said to be the least political branch mm-hmm. uh, and and that's why um even in this situation where uh, when the prior judge retired under the under state law um so that there's not just an open seat and cases building up the governor makes a temporary political appointment Yes, But by law, that position has to be on the very next ballot so that the people can decide. And I believe that's that's a further attempt to insulate the uh, judiciary from just rote politics. Yes. Um, I am not a politician. My opponent was uh, she was a county commissioner. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I did not receive a political appointment. But now the people get to choose who they think would be would better insulate um, the courtroom and the judiciary from outright politics. Yes. Uh, But as for me personally, uh, the law is the law. And if someone has a problem with the law, they need to take that up with the legislature. At the end of the day, the judge does have discretion, but uh, ultimately it should fall to the Constitution Uh um, and then the statutes and the rules of evidence and procedure that are promulgated by the Supreme Court uh, as as far as the procedures and then uh, by the legislature as far as the law. And you just do the best that you can to do justice under the law.
0: Yeah. So, let's kind of get into a little bit about this candidate forum. You're now, from what I understand, it will be going on as planned. Correct.
1: As far as I know. Yes, I will be there.
0: Yes. Um, Okay. Great. Because I know that the citizens will want to hear from you either way, but what struck me about the emails, I did see screenshots of the emails that have been circulated, um, by judge Crutcher, I believe it is. And then on behalf of, uh, Aaron Nations, Judge Nations. And then I saw the screenshot of the email then in response to that from the Williamson County Bar Association. And I found the language of those two emails to be very interesting because the way that it was worded, it seemed as though that there was an indication from Judge Nations that The Williamson County Bar Association knew she wouldn't be able to make January or uh, February 26th um, when they when they planned the whole thing. So do you think that there is possibly just some maybe she perhaps has some cold feet? She doesn't want to face a debate with you. What do you think motivates her? Uh, possibly from canceling at this last minute. I know she said it was an event, but clearly there was a lot of planning that was done between your team and her team and the Williamson County Bar Association. I was just, it was curious to me that someone other than her um, sent that email to the Bar Association to cancel So I guess, what are your general thoughts about all of those things?
1: Uh, Well, as for her specific motivations, I would defer to her. I don't want to speculate. Um, All I can say is um, there when the elections, and there were three um, local elections that are contested, Uh, there's sheriff, there's school board candidates, and then there's uh, this position. Mm -hmm. And um, the Williamson County GOP, had uh, arranged for candidate forums in the sheriff's race as well as the school board race. Um, but uh, but they there was not one set for the, the judicial candidates. And I've wanted to have a candidate forum from day one. I, I believe the more educated voters can be, the better we all are, regardless of who they vote for. Um, but I want them to be able to make an, an informed decision. And so um, I understand that the Williamson County Bar Association also was very interested um, certainly with them being the Bar Association, I think they have a vested interest in ensuring that uh, that the best judges are elected. And so I believe they did reach out um, to, to our uh, camp back at the beginning of February, the first week of February, asking for availability. And basically, my attitude has been, I will make myself available. This is important to me. People yes. need to hear from the candidates, not from someone else, not from a mailer they get, not from a commercial yes. But they need to have the opportunity to hear from the candidates and to ask us questions so that we can answer. In fact, when I've been out at, at early voting at the polls, uh, my first the first thing I say is I tell them who I am. Do you have any questions for me? Can I tell you about myself? And I, bl- I believe that's important. So all I can say is is from from our position, from my position, um, I I advised I would make myself available. And I know I understand from the email from the Bar Association, there were some back and forth mm. Um but the, the uh, according to the Bar Association, they were not they did not know whether or not um, uh, the candidates were actually both available when they said it. They just found a date that was before the end of early voting uh, where we could find where they could find a location for where we yes. could appear. Yes. Um, and and then just notified us and told us what it was and where it was. Um, yes. And I managed my calendar accordingly because I feel like it's important.
0: Yes, most definitely. I think what struck me was the the wording was, well, they, while I understood completely that it was just that they were making this opportunity available and who can come can come, um, what struck me about the wording in the email was, well, when, when there was discussion, they knew that this was not a date that uh, Judge Nations would be available. So and I think that the bar association felt that it was incumbent upon them to sort of make sure that it was clear, you know, this this was what the the situation was. So I think everybody can appreciate appreciate that. Um, speaking of the mailer, I know you've mentioned the mailer um, in in instances where you've spoken at some of the grassroots. Can you just give us a little bit of? Um, some information about those mailers that were sent out. Um, We talked about, I know you talked about there are ethical standards that are are a requirement um, for those kinds of things. So could you sort of address that for me?
1: Sure, yes. So again, I believe in a further effort to insulate the judiciary from politics, um, all judges and judicial candidates um, are governed by specific um, ethical guidelines. So attorneys have general guidelines that all attorneys are, are governed by ethically, but then judges and judicial candidates have a whole separate set of guidelines that that, of ethical uh, regulations that are in addition to those of of, uh, general attorneys. And Rule 4.1 of the Code of Judicial Conduct specifically prohibits any judicial candidate or judge from publicly endorsing or opposing any candidate for any other non-judicial office. And so as a candidate, I am ethically prohibited from publicly endorsing a candidate for sheriff or a candidate for school board or a candidate for for president. I'm ethically prohibited from sending out a mailer um, that attempts to endorse a a candidate in any other race uh, and ride their coattails um, or somehow associate myself with them to try to um, garner support for myself. It's an ethical violation, and I will not do it.
0: Yeah. Um I, I don't know that I as as a Williamson County resident, um, I have gotten several several of the mailers and um I was glad to at least see that most of them have refrained from some of the really just base, nasty accusations. It seems like There have been some allusions to some things, but at least we haven't gotten down in the mud like we did a couple of years ago. So that's good information to have, because I don't think the general public understands that, Um, that if you're running for judge, you can't put something on your mailer that implies that you um, would vote for what would be probably a very popular candidate for like you You know, like president or governor. And I just don't think the general public understands that. So that's really great information to have. And it really speaks to the character of the candidate. Um, I guess finally, just, you know, tell Williamson County residents, you know, why they should cast their vote for you during the remainder of this early voting period. And uh, on March 5th, Super Tuesday. Sure.
1: Thank you. Um, The goal here is to get the best possible candidate for judge. Um, and what I would ask, uh, each voter to do, um, while you mentioned it earlier, we all, uh, many folks, uh, ascribe to the biblical principle, save us from the time of trial. So, uh, you mentioned <laughs> earlier, nobody wants to go to trial except for the lawyers. Right. Uh, and that, and not even all lawyers want to go to trial. Yeah. Um, but just imagine as a voter, if you were in the potentially unfortunate position of being in a jury trial and you're walking into trial, uh what type of judge would you want to see on the bench? Would it be someone who has had jury trials before, who's been there before, who understands the process and the procedures? Uh, Would it be someone who has been endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police? Uh, Would it be someone who has been endorsed by three um, recently retired Williamson County Circuit judges um, that both candidates have practiced in front of, and all three of those retired circuit judges have said that they believe that Uh, that one candidate would be the best possible judge. Um, And if you agree with that analysis, uh, then I ask that you vote Veal because I do have the experience. I do have the endorsement of the Fraternal order of police. I do have the endorsement of three retired Williamson County Circuit Court judges. And I believe uh, at the end of the day, I would best serve as judge on the circuit court bench. I just want to do justice and treat people kindly Uh, Treat them the way I would want to be treated if I were the litigant or the attorney or the court officer or the clerk or the witness or just someone in the galley who's there to hear how justice is done. Yeah, Uh, Treat people with the respect and dignity uh, that all people should be treated with. And at the end of the day, make sure justice is done and then move on to the next case.
0: Well, I just think that sounds great. I think that's what all, I think that's all that people really want when they're facing a situation like that. As citizens, you know, we we are afforded and we have the right to due process in our country. And it's something that sort of sets us apart from other countries in a lot of ways. We have this uh, justice system that is ancient and and it's sacred. And when we have good judges, it really makes a difference in our society. So I so, so, so appreciate you and uh, everything you've done in your career. And now in this next step, I really wish you the best of luck. And I thank you so, so much for sitting down with us tonight. I think this will be really beneficial for a lot of uh, folks here in Williamson County who just aren't quite sure who they should vote for in, in all the different offices. So I just really appreciate your time, David. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to educate voters. And if anyone uh, does have questions or yes. wants to talk to me, please reach out to me. Uh, My website is davidbealforjudge.com. My email address is info at davidbealforjudge.com. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me and I will respond as quickly as I am able. But we want voters to be educated, to make the choice uh, and to follow their convictions. And at the end of the day, I would ask that you vote Beal.
0: Yes, that sounds great. Thank you so much. Um, You have a great evening and I'm sure I'll be seeing you again soon.
1: Sounds great. Thank you, Kelly. (laughs)